Share the Influence podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Eckes, a serial entrepreneur and social media guru that has an infatuation with all things business related. On the show, we bring together brands, creators, and thought leaders to discuss the power of influence. Each episode is jam-packed with learnings, firsthand stories, and conversations from guests that truly have their finger on the pulse. Stay tuned as we dive into the stories and explore the impact they're making by getting under the influence. friends. What an episode we have today. Holy cow. You guys, I have on Boss Babe herself, the co-founder of Boss Babe, Danielle Canty. And I'm so honored that she came on the show. I met her beginning of this year at a CEO school and I've just come to fall in love with her. I've always been a fan of Boss Babe. I've always really loved their content. I've loved their community. I've been a part of their community. But really getting the opportunity to know Danielle firsthand has just been so awesome. There's a lot of female entrepreneurs in this world. There's a lot of people with big followings. And sometimes you come across people that are just so genuine in their nature and in their purpose to serve. And Danielle is one of those people. And I have this whole whole intro written up for her, but I I wanted to start it there because I think, again, the internet is so fascinating how we kind of assume how people are and we only see one side of them. And I want you guys to really listen in to just to get this real touch of her and just really to understand who she is because she's just so incredible in her own right. One of the best things she says during this episode is, there's nothing special about me. I'm just like everyone else. And I've literally been put on this earth to help inspire people to take action because we are all the same and we come from all the same stock. And there's nothing that separates us from anyone else, not money, not talent, not skill, nothing. And that to me just really stood out because that is so in line with how I view entrepreneurism and being someone that owns a business or being someone that wants to create. And it just really kind of lit a fire inside me. So before we dive in, I do just want to give you guys a little background on her. Danielle was a small town chiropractor and she went from that to building one of the large self-development brands in the world. She's the co-founder of Boss Babe and has inspired over 4 million women to create more impactful lives and create incredible, successful businesses. She's also an incredible public speaker and she shared stages with Tony Robbins, Jamie Kern Lima, Jay Shetty, Mel Robbins. You guys, she knows her shit and she has just an incredible way of speaking and motivating. And again, just someone that I could not say more better things about. She's also basically hosted this incredible Boss Babe podcast, which has reached over 5 million downloads. She has her mastermind. Fun fact, she also was invited to judge the 100th Miss America competition, which is so fun. But you can find all the things on Danielle and all the links in the show notes. But I just want to set the tone for this. This is a very powerful episode. And Danielle actually makes a very incredible announcement and one that's very special for us to have the opportunity to share to our audience. So without further ado, let's dive on into it. Danielle, welcome to the show. Holy cow. I have had the pleasure of meeting you for the first time this year. 
And it's just been such a privilege to see you just in your light and in your energy, get to see you really just building this community, impacting women, changing their lives. And now we have you on the show to share a little bit of your own backstory and where you're going. I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to be here. And I think right from the get-go with everything that I've done, I've always been passionate about helping people. And that particularly over the last few years being female entrepreneurs. So it was such an honor to meet you and some of the women entrepreneurs that you support as well via your agency and on the podcast. So yeah, I'm happy to be here. Oh my gosh, amazing. Okay, well, let's just jump into it because you have a very interesting background story. And I think that everyone really kind of knows you from what you've built, which is Boss Babe. But there's a whole level behind that that's led you to where you are today. Can you share kind of that up and coming story? Of course. And I think this is actually a story I'm really passionate about because I think a lot of people, particularly like the millennial generation, like grew up with like, oh, when you're asked what you want to do when you're older, you're like 14, you're 15, like, hey, what do you want to be when you're older? And first of all, the choice of career paths that most of us knew were like, okay, I could be a doctor, I could be a lawyer, I could be a policewoman, I could be a nurse, like all of these pieces. And what actually happens when you get into the workforce is there's a whole host of jobs that you didn't even know that knew you like existed. And second of all, what happens is that sometimes you end up doing something that actually isn't your core passion. Like you follow a path that you chose when you were 16, 17, 18. And when you hit your mid twenties, you're like, you know what? This actually isn't what I want to be spending the rest of my life doing. And I just want to be a voice for everyone listening because my story is about that and say, first of all, like that is okay. And change is good and change can be exciting and change can actually get you closer to where you want to be at that point in your life because we are ever-changing beings. We are changing in our emotions. We are changing in our experiences. And those experiences actually create the next future for us. And so my my career started out actually as a chiropractor. I've always loved helping people and I wanted to be a chiropractor. I went to chiropractic school and I graduated. Now at this point, I will say I was not entrepreneurial at all. When I was at school, I was just like the kid that had like four jobs. I was like teaching dance. I was like working in a retail shop where I used to basically spend my salary before I left. (laughs) I was doing babysitting. Like I was doing running kids clubs in the summer. Like I was doing all these pieces, but I never like, I was not the kid selling candy. I was not the kid of the lemonade stores. I was none of that. But when I went into chiropractic, not only do you learn the skills to really help people in the health way, but lots of chiropractors very entrepreneurial. Lots of them have their own businesses. And so it opened up an opportunity for me to be able to think about starting my own business. Mm. And so I would call it sheer naivety. But at the age of, I graduated when I was 21, at the age of like 23, 24, I could see that the clinic I was working in, I was like one of, you know, doing, actually I will toot my own horn. I was like the one of the best chiropractors there. And I was, had a full roster all the time. And I was like, wait, like, why am I doing this for somebody else? I could do this for myself. And so I approached my boss at that time and said, Hey, you have five clinics. I want to buy one. He's like in his fifties. I'm 23, 24. And he looked at me in utter shock. Wow. And 
the my first lesson is like always say what you want and don't be afraid. Age is just a number. And I think Western yeah. society is really obsessed with what you do at certain ages. And that's actually can really pigeonhole you and put you in boxes. So I declared through naivety and just share like, you know, I, I want this. I'm going to say it. And he said, you know what, Danielle, you're too young right now, but come back next year. Mm. Anyway, I went back the next year. I was like, okay, fine enough. I'll like, focus on my skill set. I've become even better. I'll start learning the business side. I'll start asking more questions. And I went back the next year. And in that meantime, it actually got him thinking about selling his clinics. And he'd been approached by somebody else who wanted not to do us by one. I could only ever do one. I wanted to buy all five. But he said to them, you will lose Danielle if you don't like offer her partnership. And so when they bought, they actually offered me a partnership before like, 49, 51% partnership in that clinic. And then I went on to become one of the shareholders in the main group. It's the fastest primary healthcare brand, brand growing in the UK at the time. And it was phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. But what I realized in doing that is I became more and more interested in the business side and less about the clinical side. Like I loved clinic, but I felt like I was trading time for money and I, I knew there was a glass ceiling. I knew that I, if I was continuing to trade time for money in this way, even if I owned a certain percentage of this business and a certain percentage of the group, I wasn't actually going to achieve the financial aspirations and the freedom aspirations that I wanted to. And I share this because at that point, I felt really lonely. At this point in my career, I was out earning my parents. Like I was earning more than my, I'd ever seen my dad earn. You know, I just came from like a, you know, not, not, I never came from a wealthy family, by the way. So like, it wasn't like a, you know, a really substantial amount, but I was earning more than I'd ever seen in my family earn. And yeah, I was still like, you know what? It wasn't about the material things that I could buy with the finances. It was about the thrill of being able to earn each more each year and seeing that as a growth and being able to develop in that way. And and so I, I started feeling like my development, you know, was slowing down. And I felt like there was a lot of, no one was really understanding what I wanted to do. I was surrounded by men and not really any women doing business side of stuff. And I was like, you know what, this kind of sucks. And there was one conversation that I had with the CEO of the group at that time. And I said to him like, Hey, I'm like really ambitious and I want to do X, Y, and Z here, there and expand the clinics even more. And he said, Danielle, I'm really worried about your ambition. I'm really worried you're going to get hurt when you don't <laughs> succeed. And I was just like, wait, what? And I thought to myself, fair enough, I was like 26 at this point. But I did think to myself, what do you said this up as a 26-year-old guy, no. right? And then I was like, I don't think he would have done exactly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? This sucks. Like this sucks that I've got no, and this is just speaking in my opinion, I had no women business men like mentor role models. Like I didn't have it. And none of my friends, my friends were super smart, but they had gone into being lawyers, being doctors, being other chiropractors. No one was going in this entrepreneurial route that I went. So then I decided, well, you know what? I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to do something about this because that's what I believe in. If you want to create change, you have to do different actions. So I was like, right, what can I do? Okay, let me look at online stuff. Bear in mind, still working like 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week in this. But I start spending my spare time and I start spending my vacations going to seminars and learning. And I flew from the UK to San Diego on my vacation time. I'd like literally been to America once before. 
Um, it was an 11 hour flight because I wanted to go to a conference. And that's where I met then Natalie, who became my business partner in Boss Babe, where we both had this common feeling of like being lonely as women entrepreneurs. And was like, well, hang on a minute. If we feel, if you feel like that, if I feel like that, let's chat to some other women. Okay, they feel like it too. Maybe we can really create community around what that looks like. So that started, I met her in 2017. We founded a company in 2018. And in that first year, by listening to other people and asking questions and not just, you know, saying, oh, we think this is going to work, but asking and interpreting, we launched the business and via a membership and we made 1.4 million that first year, which I had, would, yes. Hold on, real, what, what year was this? 2018. Which is unheard of. Yeah, it was a big, and from a girl from a small town, I'd only ever earned at that point, probably the maximum was like, I don't know, $90,000 maybe. Wow. Just out of the gate. Yeah. But it was because we were fulfilling a market Mm -hmm. um, that was not like, by the way, 2018, there was not all these other accounts doing what we were doing. Right. Right. And this is what I always say about, you know, when you are growing a business, when you're marketing, like how are you being original? Because when you're being original, you stand out way quicker, way more. And yes, it does serve you when there are other people doing something similar to you, but you always want to be like, what is your USP? What is your unfair advantage? And we understood what our unfair advantage was. We were starting to really gain momentum on Instagram. We knew that we had a very, very defined brand. We had hashtags that have been used like 22, like 22 million times. And so not at that point, obviously, but we found like what our content wheel was and really, really lent into that. And we could see that when we were posting certain things, we were growing. And so we just let into that more. And then we created the membership because we could see what those women wanted too. So when you can connect that like find aspect and that brand aspect with that learning aspect, that was like a real catalyst for us to grow the business. Mm. And then I was in that business from 2018 till 2023 and then have recently exited to go and pursue my next ventures. So I just want to say to like all of you, it's, I really see, I see my career in like chapters, like Mm. chapters of a book or volumes of, you know, a book. And I think that's one of the biggest learnings and gifts that I've given to myself is to never feel so entirely rigid in what I'm embarking on. Always know that there's change. Always know that, you know, just as the market moves, your experiences change, your value propositions can change and what you want to create in your life gets to change as well. And I think when you really give yourself that freedom to be able to go on and create and go on and, you know, say, these are the things that I'm good at. These are the things that I enjoy doing. How can I be of service to others and monetize it in the meantime? That's when you can really hit those sweet spots of, you know, what you want to do. And so that's what I've done in my career personally, is I always just kind of had that kind of circle of, okay, okay, what am I good at? What is happening in the market? And what's someone wanting to pay for? And when I can lay those over the the three of each of them and find that center, that target, that's when really you kind of like get that energy to propel forwards. I mean, such an incredible story and just the come up to meeting, you know, Natalie to finding this 
incredible need, you know, in female entrepreneurship and, you know, women feeling alone in business. There's so much to unpack here. I want to lean though into really your marketing expertise, because I feel like you have such a, like a, a reputation that precedes you in the best way possible. Like people really associate you with being this female entrepreneur, being someone that has built such a strong community but you've also taken it to the next level and you've really keyed up these marketing strategies that have allowed yourself to grow Boss Babe, but you've also grown your own personal brand. And I think now a lot of things have changed since 2018. A lot of the social media landscape has changed. A lot of the business landscape is changing. Tell me about how you looked at marketing and how you've looked at Boss Babe and looked at Danielle Canty and your own personal brand. And what were some of the fundamentals that you may, or maybe learnings that you learned along the way of how to really position yourself in the right way to continue to grow and expand? I love this question. And I think what's really unique about me is I was not a natural marketer, right? So Mm. a lot of people have what you would call like the gift of the gab. Like they just get it. Like, oh yeah, like I just, I was like, why sad? I just market. Like it just happens to me. Like I don't really know how I do this. And for a long time, when I first came into Boss Babe, I was very like operations. I was very product focused. I was very customer services, legal, finances. Like I was a CEO for a really long time until then I moved into like content, podcast, and then marketing eventually. And what I would say is that I really learned is that marketing actually isn't an art. It's a mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. And when I got around that, that's when everything started to change. Because you think, a lot of people think that marketing is like, again, this really hard to grasp concept that moves. Like you, it's like whack-a-mole and you can never quite hit it, right? Mm -hmm. But actually there is a formula to selling. There is a formula to getting someone to persuade somebody to ethically purchase from you. And when you understand that formula, you can apply that. Now, that formula changes, not significantly, but it does change for different businesses and different industries you're in. But there always is a formula to it. And Mm. so when I started understanding that, when I started understanding that, okay, if a customer was first going to, you know, come in contact with us, that was their initial find that was the initial way that was like what you would call your traffic sources like your social media like your google ads like your seo features like any of those pieces where you're first coming on contact but that was never enough like if you think about and i always use this analogy because i think again it's like grounding for people right people behave weird on social media they behave like when they're trying to market on social media not like they would in real life and i'm like would you say that to someone in real life no. no. Well, don't say it on social media then. So I always <laughs> use the analogy, right? Of like mm-hmm. cold calling and knocking on doors. Like mm. if you were just like to knock on a door and be like, mm-hmm. hi, buy my product, please. Like someone's going to be like, no, yeah. goodbye. Like shut the door, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I see people doing on social media a lot. They're just like cold knocking versus taking people through a story, knocking on the door and be like, hey, like, you know, how, how are you today? I actually noticed that your windows were like, we probably won't lie to on this. I'm just like picking one out of thin air. Like your windows were like really dirty. I noticed that X, Y, and Z, they're probably blocking your light coming into your house a lot, you know, which can give you these types of problems, right? Mm-hmm. If you would like me to solve these problems, like I have this solution. Is that something you're interested in? Cool. Amazing. And I just realized that a lot of people don't behave 
online like they do in real life. They don't see the correlation between the two. But when you point it out to them, they're like, oh yeah, of course I wouldn't be doing it this way. And so when you start understanding a customer journey of taking someone through a find, taking them into a learning and know, like, and trust and how to do that and understanding email marketing, understanding email nurturing and understanding, you know, omnipresence and re-serving them the same messages via Pixeling, and I don't want to get it too complicated right now because it can get complicated, but it's still a formula to it. Yeah, like there is still definitely. a natural formula to all of this. And so when you do that and you perform that and you have that with patience and you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, like, you know what? I might not get that first door that I knock on, but I know out of the hundred doors that I'm knocking on, I'm going to get one of them. You'll keep mm-hmm. knocking and you'll keep trying it and you'll keep perfecting um, what you use. So I really understood that first of all. And then the one thing I'd say, because you were asking more around like the personal brand to, yeah, uh, uh, you know, having a business brand. I also really want to just say, I think it's really personal preference too. I think we're in this era mm-hmm. where people think, right, just think about this for a second, right? Yeah. What you consume on social media is created by people who are good at content. Okay? Yeah. So you are only seeing one set of people's geniuses. There is a whole other host of people who are amazing at business, amazing at marketing, amazing at selling, that aren't good at creating content, but you just don't see them on social media. And so I really want to blow this whole misconception that, okay, to be a good business person, you have to have a personal brand now. Or to be good in business, you have to have a personal brand. It is absolutely BS, right? Because you don't. Yes. Be like social media and your personal brand can be leveraged to grow a business. It can be leveraged because you've got an audience that know, like, and trust you. And if you find a product that matches their problems, amazing. You have got like a great catapult into a market and a business that you, you know, could get off the ground particularly quickly, right? Mm-hmm. But that isn't the only way to do business. And there are other ways to do business. You can build it like a brand or you can do B2B or you can do it via other avenues where you're not actually building. Like think how many products do we know who, yes, like we are in the area where the Kardashians have put their faces on a lot of products, but there's so many other products that I buy that I don't know who owns them. Like I'm just like, her gum, I see this all the time. I buy it. I don't know who owns it. It's like a personal brand. And so allowing people to really realize that I, I having a personal brand is a genuine choice. And if you Mm. don't want to have a personal brand, if you don't want to be speaking, if you don't want to be showing up on social media, if you don't want to be doing X, Y, and Z, then don't because Mm -hmm. you will be miserable and you won't be good at it. But so go and focus your efforts. You can still be an amazing business owner. You can still have a thriving multi-million, billion dollar company. I am so fortunate now. I get in rooms and circles with people who have built literally billion dollar companies. They don't, mm-hmm. some of them don't even have social media accounts. Some of them actually try to have their name completely off Google because they don't want to be untargeted. Like you don't <laughs> even know who they are. So like, I just want to share, like we are in this like, place right now where we only see one side of what really happens in business and that is the people who are good at content creating and there is a whole other side of people that don't and either get people to do it with them with their business or have different efforts and different marketing tactics that they are utilizing to make money so that for me is like a really big message like yes I've built my personal brand 
And I've done that over the last probably year or so particularly. But it isn't the only way to do business. And I just want to be like a a life jacket for those who feel like, oh my God, I'm no good at business because I can't do a personal brand and I can't do social media. There's so many other aspects to marketing that are not about you, you know, putting your face to camera on there and selling directly. I feel like that is such a breath of fresh air. And I think, you know, my next couple of questions for you are actually about how this landscape is changing, right? Because I do want to dive into what we're seeing with communities, what we're seeing with membership programs and things like that. But I I could not agree more with you. And I think that there's what you said, and it, 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 this is something where I don't feel like a lot of people have ever, I actually, in fact, I've never even heard someone say this, is that when you look at social media, it's the, it's the creators. It's the people that go to there that are really good at creating. It's their job. And social media is already such a highlight reel that I think that, again, as women entrepreneurs or other entrepreneurs or whoever you are, it does sit in the back of your mind of like, I have to be another thing. I have to be, I have to show up and do something. And I, again, the more and more I learn about entrepreneurship, the more and more I learn about where I'm best seated in different businesses. It's really not that I'm everything. It's really that I'm good at one thing and I'm utilizing other people that are great at other things. So I feel like that was such a beautiful message. And honestly, so inspirational because I think it does alleviate a lot of the stress where your brand and business can be so successful without you having a personal brand, but your personal brand is also a tool. It's something that you can leverage. So I think that that distinction is so key. Yeah. And just seeing it like that. Yeah, you can like, absolutely. You can leverage it and you can, but your personal brand is an online personal brand that you can leverage, but you can also leverage your personal network. You can leverage your personal, your personality and I do think what I will say in business is like, it is a, it is a people game. Just like you're saying that, like you, if you can't do something, you have to motivate and inspire people to help you get to where you want to go. And likewise, when you're doing business, if you're not, if you don't have a personal brand where again, you're connecting with everybody on a daily basis, maybe on social media, you still have to go out and network and build relationships. Is like business is built on relationships. And I also think that's really important. Like you can't, building a business is not about being in a silo. Like building a business is about forming connections with people. So even if you don't know how to do that on social media, it's important that you know how to do that in another form or another pattern to achieve those things. Absolutely. Get Super is an instant wellness beverage brand created by moi. So good, you won't believe it's instant. It's for those seeking convenient energy sans the jitters. That's right. We put good old-fashioned broad-spectrum hemp CBD into our organic Arabica instant coffee. It's probably Arabica, but I call it Arabica because it sounds more fun. Get super, and our hemp extract contains all the naturally occurring cannabinoids and turpentines. We include about 20 milligrams of hemp per each stick pack to give you all the fun, calm energy, plus that true entourage effect. All the benefits without getting quote unquote high, as all of our products are non-psychoactive. Get Super has been featured in Forbes US Today and was named top startup to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. Also, you guys, Get Super has helped me with my anxiety. It helps me sleep better at night. I've mentioned to you guys my whole mental health journey. And honestly, this company was a just 
passion and project of love because of what I've gone through and what I've walked through with my own depression and anxiety. I hope that it will help you the same exact way it has helped me. So go ahead and get your 15% off by using the code under the influence 15 at checkout. That's right. Under the influence 15 at checkout. So I want to move us into this other direction. So, you know, again, and it's kind of a hot topic, maybe it's a hot take, but I feel like we're seeing so much of social media changing. And I think we're seeing so much of all these different things come to light. You know, there's all these different membership programs. We're seeing kind of like the new rebirth of coaching. Like, I I feel like we're just seeing a lot of changes. What are you seeing from where you're seated? Being that you've grown so many businesses, you've been a part so many things, you've grown your own community. What do you think is coming next? Like, what trends are you seeing? Or what do you think is just on the horizon for social media? I think two things predominantly. I think we're in continuing to be in the mm-hmm. years of authenticity. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for a long time, when you think about Instagram first started, it was literally like everyone just wanted the highlight reel. It was like the well um, airbrushed pictures. It was just like this, you know, very artificial feel of what beauty looks like, whether it's for men or women. And like, we only want to see the good side of you. Over the last few years, particularly, that has changed. And we went through this authenticity, like people wanting to see a little bit more raw. Mm-hmm. Where we're at now with that is that there is a saturation. There are more, there are so many contents creators. There's still not many. If Actually, if you look to the statistics, I think it's only about like 1% of people online are actually creating content for the purpose of creating content most people are actually watching but it feels I would say that's probably climbed that's like a you know a year old statistic I would say it's probably climbed Mm -hmm. this last year but I think to now create content that is driving the quality of content that does need to be created like everyone's tired now you're fighting for holding someone's attention to content the content that you've got to be putting out you have to be constantly thinking what's in it for them. You have 0.13 milliseconds to grab someone's attention. Yeah. The scroll. So you have to be thinking, how am I, how am I getting getting their attention? How am I holding their direction? And how am I directing their attention? So we're very much like has to be strong and out the gate, particularly if we're talking about the social media platforms, even YouTube, right? Yes, mm-hmm. people will stay longer, but the title has to match the first opening like 20 seconds for someone to decide if they're going to watch or not. All right. Yeah. And if that doesn't, then you're going to have this huge drop off. So I think we're in the era of authenticity and we think we're in the era of like raising the bar on what content is created. I don't think it can be like super sloppy. It has to be either really, really well, like value and well worded, or it has to be good production quality that's hooking them mm. in. The second mm-hmm. thing I think we're seeing is we used to be. We started off before all, uh, probably the last like three years. We used to be in a business to business area where you were buying a lot of products from businesses. So you were getting seen ads. It was like, hey, you know, like this is the product, et cetera. Now, what I feel is we are in more of a community 
era, mm-hmm. which is where people are buying from either they're part of communities. So they're either part of an influencer's community mm-hmm. and they're buying like what they're seeing or they're part of, let's say, a branded community, but the brand is using UCG to help sell pieces. So we're now buying more in communities than we mm-hmm. were because we're buying because we're like loyal to a brand. We're more loyal to a community, a value system than we are to a product. So anyone who's creating businesses now, I think it's really important to have like a value system on what your business stands for. I think particularly Gen Z and moving this, uh, creating this movement where it's like, yeah, like we do care about sweatshops and we are going to boycott these companies. Like we are going to think about our ecological implications of what we're buying. Like we are going to be thinking this, we are going to be pushing businesses to, are you part of the 15% pledge? Like what is it that we're actually, you know, trying to change in society? And I think that's the most, the, the best thing, honestly. So, and I think with that, so businesses have to be accountable to a better value system. And I think communities, but rather than these big communities, I think smaller communities are actually going to be where you're getting um, most of the traction. So let's say you're a brand and you're looking for communities to penetrate, then Mm -hmm. you're going to be looking for not necessarily the people who have got, you know, 30 million followers or even a million followers. You're going to be looking for more of those um, like micro communities that kind of like, you know, really anything like that 200,000, that like 600,000 is a really, really key spot. Great traction. People are good at creating content. They've built some solid communities, but it's not so big that they've Mm -hmm. kind of lost that like authenticity and that close feel to them. So I think communities, like if you are, building a community if you're a brand you need to think about who's got communities that you can go into and if you are someone who's like a good content creator what are you building your community based on like what are the value systems within your community so then you can either sell your own products or you can be selling other other people's products that you align with you think don't be supportive there but above anything else you cannot compromise your value system like the cancel culture, being able to be seen to be like, you know what, this person is just like, you know, I think the Kardashians got forgiven a lot in the early years of doing like the skinny yeah. tees and like that kind of thing. I don't think that you're getting forgiven for that anymore. Mm-mm. So, and some people start forgiving them. So a lot, obviously, by the amount of their followers and what they've created, a lot of people have. But yeah. I think it's really important to not say, if you are a content creator, to say no to some of the... Um, short-term opportunities and focus on the longer game because it will serve you in the long run. Yeah, I, I think that's so completely well said. And I think that you're really kind of bringing it back to what we're seeing right now in the culture, what we're seeing with Gen Z and what we're seeing, what we're seeing with our actual own morals and values. And each of those look different for each of us. But we're, we're, what you said, I think is so key here is that there's a saturation in the market that now it's actually kind of niching down these consumers even more. And mm-hmm. it's coming back to the basics of, well, how does this brand resonate personally with me and what, where my values stand, right? So Danielle, I want to know what's next for you. I want to know what's, <laughs> what's, what's, what are you doing? You know, you, you kind of drop this announcement, you're exiting. So what's on the, what's on the horizon? What do you got going on? So I think for me, it's always, it's it's funny you ask because I always kind of come back to what am I, what am I, what am I here for? Mm. Like, that was a big question that I asked myself is like, why am I here? And like, what is my vision? And it's not really like, 
it's not a material vision for my life. It's actually a vision of who I'm here to help. I think that's always been in my genetic code. Like that's why I wanted to be a chiropractor because I wanted to help people. And that's mm-hmm. why I went into boss babe because I wanted to help people because I felt like it too. And that's my next era too. It's like, I so passionately care about women founders. So everything I do is supporting women founders. And I'm really passionate about communities. So I'm doing a couple of things right now. I co-founded a business called Member Up, which is a, a place where you can host communities. Oh. And it's a kind of a thing. If you think of between Kajabi, it's crossed between Kajabi and Circle. Wow. So it combines them. So you don't need both. And it looks better. <laughs> it's like oh. really like beautiful. Because I really realized that women were like very, very much um, focused on aesthetics. And so I'd spend... A significant amount of my time supporting the other co-founders in that. Amy is absolutely phenomenal. I worked with her for a long time and she has really similar passions to me around like feeling like we were just like, it was becoming so vast, but where was like, it became, it got so big that things became lonely again. And so how can we bring that like intimacy back? So that was a really big piece for us. And we had so many challenges building Boss Babe with our membership that we were like, wait, this has to be done. Yeah, And then the other aspect is an agency and consulting aspect where I help women founders. Like I help women founders grow their businesses. I allow them to see other marketing opportunities that are right in front of them. But when you are so close in your business, you cannot sometimes see it yourself. And I think there's so much to be said for being able to like hold space for someone. Like if you are building a business, Mm-hmm. And this is the other thing that really, really annoys me on social media right now. If you're building a business, it takes more than two hours a week, right? And oh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it taking more than two hours a week. Yeah. There's this whole thing like, oh, I just click my fingers. I have a multi-million dollar business. And no. then a lot of people are left thinking like, wait, am I the only one that's like crying myself to sleep sometimes at night or feeling like the pressure or feeling anxiety or feeling like I don't know what I'm doing at times. I have imposter syndrome. And so just really being a voice for that, like, no, like, you're not alone. And this is actually the normal reality of stuff. Like ignore the highlight reel. Like this is actually what people are feeling right now. And, and that is okay. Like that is okay that you feel like that because you get to pick your heart, but it's also hard working for someone and it's hard earning a business. It's hard communicating with someone. It's hard not to communicate with someone. Like it's not about picking your heart. And so I just wanted to be like a, a safe place where if people are having challenges, like marketing is so key. Yes, there's mm-hmm. loads of stuff that you've done operation side to save money. But actually, like if you can focus on like growing your revenue and having someone that can bring, um, you know, market leading ideas or is getting behind other people's businesses and can make sure that you're moving in those directions. Like I realized I was really well positioned in place, like having grown uh, multiple, like million, multiple billion dollar companies really at this point. And so I was like, you know what? Like, let me just share some of that knowledge with people because we are going to be in an economic change right now. The economic climate is shifted and you have to be pivoting. You have to be, you have to be changing. You have to be pivoting your marketing strategies. There have to be changes that you get to make, but that's okay. It's also okay. And, And so just being that kind of, you know, sounding board for people's teams and themselves included. Um, So that's Mm. been really powerful. And off the back of that, I started a newsletter called The 2%. 
which is a specific marketing newsletter for women who are, have their businesses, are scaling them to seven figures and beyond. And I just put a lot of free content in there because I was like, you know what? Like there's a lot of knowledge that I can share and like let me help people so that they don't have to troll the internet. They don't have to spend hours and hours trying to understand strategies and all these pieces. I can put it in a place. Like I, I can literally put it in a place and it's all filtered for you. So I release that every single Tuesday. Um, and that's something I'm like so proud of. And I love the messages that come on. People telling them it's helped them. So those are my key focuses as well as my mastermind. So I things. mean, in- absolutely incredible. I think the agency for women and female founders is so impactful. I mean, I, I got to see you speak at you know CEO school. I followed you for a very long time you know, your knowledge is so invaluable. And also too, you've been incorporated into so many businesses, but also helped so many women and see so many insights in the guts of their own businesses that I feel like you just have this seasoned approach to really helping people to understand and exactly like to your point, helping to show them that there's other ways, whether it's a marketing opportunity or a different structure or something along those lines. That's what I realized too. That's a unique position. I think over my time at Boss Babe, we've got like teaching and speaking. I got to have like coach over a hundred thousand women. And I've done like <laughs> masterminds and been in the society for like five years, like mentoring twice a week, doing influence, all these things. And I was like, I know so much about different industries at this point. And yeah can shed this light on, you know, like the real behind the scenes of what's happening for a lot of people and actually what is working and what's not and ways to do things. Because I also made a ton of mistakes. I was like, don't make this mistake again. Like, let me help you avoid that. Someone came to me the other day and my mastermind, she's like, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this. I was like, well, guess what? I've done all of those things. So let me tell you which one's going to work and which ones are not. Oh my God. Five years. (laughs) So we had that conversation. So I just felt like I was just really uniquely positioned at this point to share those aspects. And yeah, I'm just always here to like, sir. I honestly, I genuinely, I call my new set at the 2% because only 2% of women's businesses get seven figures right now. And I was like, F this, this statistic needs to change. And I want yeah. to be part of that change because women are super smart. We it, That is not happening because yeah. we are not smart. That is not happening because either we're not around the right circles that are giving us the advice. Because let me tell you, when you get into the rooms, like mm-hmm. I know people in rooms that like got out of crypto quicker because other people told them to. I know people in rooms who were like, hey, like get let come in on this brand. We know it's gonna blow up. Like you get opportunity when you're in rooms. So my thing was like, let me bring the room to yeah. my readers. Let me like tell them what's working because what I'm hearing. Let me like do that because it sucks that only two percent are getting over the seven figure mark. And I really think if we like that shouldn't be happening in this day and age. I think COVID stopped it back significantly for women, but this should not be happening. So how can I be part of creating that change? And giving a lot of free value is my way of giving back. And then if people choose to consult with me or do my mastermind, whatever, amazing, great. But also I would just want to make sure that I'm not penalizing anyone, not for being in that economic position to do so as well. So it's kind of like my give back as well. I mean, incredible. I feel like that's I feel like that's my response to all your to all your answers right now. But I, you know, thank you so much for sharing all of this. And you you truly are just serving so many women here. I always end the episode on the with this one question. I'm really excited to hear your answer, or hear your feedback on it. But what does the word influence mean to you? Oh, good question. <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at the definition of influence, it's like 
getting someone to do something that you want them to do, which kind of feels a little bit manipulative. Yeah. I like to use my influence to inspire people via my story and share there is nothing unique about me. I am not special. I am Mm. not sat over here on like a golden pedestal. Like I'm just like you. And I just figured out a way to keep going when things got tough and to keep pivoting when things were hard and to create momentum and resilience through it all. And so whilst I think inspiration, the definition is getting someone to do something you want them to do, I think what's better is if it actually inspires someone that someone to do something that they want to do. That's beautiful. I I mean, I I love that. And I think again, you know, you you have this really powerful image, Danielle, that people see, right? And they see the boss babe and they see all these things you've built in your community and everything. And even from when I met you and even throughout this episode, you have this just such this genuine heart and just such a beautiful calling to impact people's lives. And I feel like that has just been so truly seen just by the words you've shared today. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and just being such a light and just opening up and sharing all the things. Where can everyone find you? Please drop all the plugs, all the handles. Let's tell us how we can sign up for the newsletter. Give us all the things. Oh my goodness. Well, that's all my, I'm probably most active on Instagram, which is just Danielle Canty. Um, you can find me there. And then I have my newsletter is at um, danielle-canty.com forward slash newsletter. But also if you come to Instagram, you can find it on my LinkedIn bio there too. And then if <laughs> anyone's interested in consulting or masterminding, just DM me. Um, it's always me in my DMs. Like I never have team in there because I just like to like keep, I don't know. I feel like the relationship's much easier. I, I like to be like on the ground understanding what people are going through. So yeah, yeah, probably just Instagram. Come find me there. And um, hopefully, like I say, you can put a link to the newsletter sign up here too. Um, yeah, anyone's looking for any marketing knowledge just goes out every Tuesday. So Beautiful. We'll definitely link the newsletter in the show notes along with all of Danielle's social handles and where you guys can find her. Danielle, thank you so much for going under the influence with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. This was so fun. Thanks for having me.